This is Ubuntu Radio, South Africa's public diplomacy in action. And uh, joining me is a man who needs no introduction, Ambassador Mabongo, who has been a deputy permanent representative to the United Nations in New York. And now, and I must say this, congratulations on your new appointment as DDG for Global Governance within the Department of International Relations and Cooperation in South Africa. Welcome to Ubuntu Radio. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm pleased to be here and uh, greetings to the listeners. You are a man of many titles. Well, uh, I've been with the department for a while now. Uh, I just uh, assumed a new position as a a DDG for global governance and continental agenda. Prior to that, I was the deputy permanent representative in our mission to the UN in New York. On the basis of your knowledge and experience, what are some of the challenges that go into, you know, putting a summit together, particularly of this magnitude? Well, the the G20, by its nature, was meant uh, to be a body of the 20 most advanced uh, economies in the world. Remember, it was created after the big financial crisis. Uh, Initially, it was a a gathering of uh, ministers of finance, but later it was elevated to the level of heads of state. So the G20 looks at coordination to make sure that uh, countries of the world work together uh, in the management of the global economy. But over, over the years, of course, uh, its agenda has expanded to address other issues beyond just pure economics, but to address also issues of the sustainable development agenda, the 2030 agenda broadly, but also to, to address um, uh, um, some of the specific uh, areas, especially here in the, in the New Delhi summit. We spoke a lot about climate change. So that is basically the nature of the G20. But then the G20 is also occurring, for example, this summit in New Delhi, at a time when we see so many tensions uh, in the world. So because of that, then it, you know, it becomes uh, quite a challenge to put together a package uh, around which you can bring together all the members uh, of, the, of the G20. So there is a lot that is involved uh, in hosting a meeting of this nature. We have got to have a vision uh, as a host. Uh, you've got to, to, to decide what is it that you, you want to, to put on the table. What are, the, what are your priorities given what is happening in the world and given what your, your country's trajectory is? So that is basically the work that happens uh, uh, behind the scenes when a country prepares for a a summit like this. And now I'm just talking about content. I'm not even talking about all the logistics and other elements of of organizing a summit. Can you paint a picture of what we are more likely to expect? Looking at the outcomes, equally looking at the fact that a lot of the heads of state have already given their opening address, including Prime Minister Modi. Yes, uh, so let me just go back a little bit. So we arrived here in New Delhi last weekend as Sherpas and Sioux Sherpas. So we've been negotiating since uh, Sunday uh, the outcome document, which is called the New Delhi Declaration of the G20. So we've been negotiating as Sherpas and Sushapas and other senior officials since uh, last Sunday. So we, I'm happy to say that we are at a stage where all the negotiations of the outcome document of the New Delhi Declaration have been finalized. Obviously, during the past few days, there were areas that were co- quite contentious amongst the members where we, you know, at, at, at certain points, we thought we could not agree. At certain points, we could see a, a good horizon that, you know, there was a light at the end of the tunnel. So we're at that stage now where the whole declaration has been successfully negotiated. And so we are comfortable that the, the closing of the summit tomorrow will be a success. There is nothing outstanding now.
We are just last left with one more session uh, tomorrow morning where the heads of state will again be delivering uh, statements. Otherwise, uh, all the negotiations are complete. The summit, as far as we are concerned, has been a success. If I may ask, Prime Minister Modi announced that African Union has finally been invited to join the G20. How do you believe it's going to be of benefit for South Africa, of course, the continent as a whole? So far, uh, South Africa was the only African country that has been a member of the G20 since its formation. So the, the addition of the African Union will amplify the voice of our continent. Africa has got more than one billion uh, people. So it's important that Africa must be uh, in, in all the global decision-making bodies uh, of the world. So when we talk about the reform of the international architecture, international governance, we mean more voice for countries of the South. So the G20 is quite a powerful uh, body. It has got so much impact and so much influence on so many things related to global governance. So for that reason, the addition of the African Union then and increases the voice of Africa. It benefits uh, all of us. It benefits South Africa. It benefits all the, the, the countries of the continent. Uh, so the, the African Union will be able to participate, uh, amplifying the voice, bringing to the fore, to the table, issues of importance uh, to the continent. And uh, of course, that complements what South Africa has been doing since the formation of the G20. So we welcome this. Uh, you, ha you had uh, today President Ramaphosa uh, in, his, in his statement welcoming it. You had the chairman of the African Union, uh, the president of Comoros welcoming it, and, and all the others, uh, leaders who spoke today in the two sessions, all welcomed the, uh, the, the, the membership of the African Union. So we are grateful to, member, uh, to the members of the G20 for accepting the membership of the African Union. Now, South Africa's foreign policy supports multilateralism. In your experience as a senior diplomat and, of course, now DDG, what are some of the key benefits for the world in ensuring a healthy multilateral system? We need multilateralism primarily because the kind of challenges that we are facing today in the world, there is not a single country, no matter how big, that it can solve them acting on its own. We need collaboration. Take uh, climate change. There's no country that can act alone on climate change. It is a global challenge. It requires everyone to come to the table. It requires all hands on the deck. So this is uh, what multilateralism is, is about. It is about agreeing on norms, agreeing on policies, coordinating policies. It is about agreeing on standards, on targets, on goals. The fact that we have the 2030 agenda today, which is an integrated agenda for sustainable development, which is implemented in all countries. Remember, the 2030 agenda and the SDGs have been domesticated in many countries. They are part of a country's national development plans. So that is just one example where the international community comes together and says, these are the 17 goals of development that all countries of the world must uh, pursue. And then each country then takes all those goals, puts them in the national development plan. So that's what multilateralism is about. You see, it's the, this policy coordination, agreeing on norms or, and agreeing on standards, and then uh, tackling a very uh, big challenges like climate change. Climate change for many countries is becoming an existential crisis, and those countries who are most affected by climate change cannot address it on their acting on their own. The big countries, the developed states, can also uh, not be able to address climate change on their own. Same when we talk about peace and security. Most of the uh, global challenges uh, in terms of peace and security also require multilateralism. We've got the UN Charter, which is the basis 
of uh, all the, the, the international law that we are pursuing uh, as we deal with peace and security ca um, challenges around the world. So that is multilateralism, uh, multilateralism uh, you know, in practice. So we need more multilateralism, actually. So in closing, and I mean, I've already congratulated you on your new post. Uh, what can we expect from you? Well, I look forward to working. I just started. I just started, and then I had to come to to New Delhi. So I still have to go back and uh, uh, meet all the staff in the branch, uh, global governance and continental agenda. Before I left for New Delhi, I managed to squeeze a meeting just of the managers of the branch. So I still have to go, uh, to go back and I look forward to this, to meeting and talking to each and every one of the colleagues who are working in the branch. I believe that we've got a lot of talent uh, in the branch. We've got very good colleagues who know what, what, what they are doing. So my role is really to support them. Is to, Of course, we will meet, we will have workshops, uh, uh, talk about the, the branch, look at the vision that we want uh, uh, to implement, look at the, some of the areas where we can improve. And I want to get that feedback from the officials of the, of the, of the branch. They must tell me their experiences. And I, I, that's why I'm looking forward to talking to each and every one of them, to hear their experiences of working in the branch, but also in the department, to understand their aspirations. Because it's very important for us who are in a leadership position to work with colleagues knowing each and every colleague, what are their aspirations? You know, DECO is a, is, a, is a diplomatic service. It has got a particular trajectory when it comes to a career. People who can work at DECO until they become ambassadors. So we need to know uh, what are their um, interests, what are their aspirations, so that we can then, as, as leaders, be able to respond to that. So I'm looking forward to the engagement. I'm looking forward to discussing the vision uh, of our of our branch with everybody. Uh, I think it has to be a bottom-up approach. Everyone's voice must be heard. So that is uh, what I, I hope to do, at least initially. But of course, there is a lot that is expected to, uh, from the branch in terms of the mandate. We already have a mandate uh, as, as the branch, obviously, deriving from the mandate of the department. So uh, enhancing that, looking at areas where we can improve. You know, there's, there's always, uh, there's nothing... Uh, um, that cannot be improved. So we will always work towards improving. But most importantly for me is really um, workplace issues. I'm very interested in that to make sure everybody works in a comfortable space, that everyone who works in our branch is fully engaged, you know, that everybody, people actually wake up uh, in the morning and look forward to coming to the office because it is exciting, because they are fully engaged, they have got something to do. So those are some of the people issues that I'm really keen on uh, to, because my, my view is that uh, we have to make um, everyone's experience of DECO, everyone's experience of the branch global governance a good one. People must, uh, must be uh, excited uh, to come to work because they know it's a, it's a, happy, it's a happy space, uh, they, they have got something to do, they are fully engaged. So those are some of the things that I'm looking forward to doing. Thank you very much for your time, DDG. Thank you very much. I, I much appreciate this.